0: Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy podcast. Each week, we sit around and discuss the music from our
1: past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a ten. That riff is un- it's incredible.
0: Clearly a ten. This is one of the most iconic songs of the '80s.
2: Um, iconic from start to finish.
0: And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The
2: absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. i Thank
0: you for listening and enjoy the show.
1: And we're back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. We are summing up our little bit of a country music two month Party, (laughs) if you guys know what I'm saying, we did a month and a half, I guess. A month and a half, nonetheless, I think we may have saved possibly the best for last artist wise. Today, (laughs) we're doing Anthony's Pick, George Strait, and his sophomore album, Straight from the Heart. Guys, y'all ready to get into this?
0: ready, Anthony. Let's hear your tagline. I, know you've I don't have a
2: great this. one this week. I came up with it this morning about 7 o'clock. <laughs> the
0: word straight needs to be in there because he puts the word straight in everything. I got no straight
2: in this one. Um, It's the Audible oh Ecstasy Podcast. Let's give this a How about straight. straight from the Audible Ecstasy Podcast? There you go. It's you the go.
1: George Strait
0: album review. <laughs> straight
2: from the Audible <laughs> Ecstasy Podcast. It's time to get honky-tonk crazy. There you go. There that's, go. It, go. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Is Turned it. into a
0: hell of a tagline. That's the best tagline we've done in a long time. All I had
2: was it's the Audible Ecstasy Podcast, time to get honky-tonk crazy. So Ah, straight from the honky oh, yeah, But like straight it. it's better.
1: Straight from the honky-tonk, <laughs> it's time for the Audible Ecstasy <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm sleepy. So I am well, sleepy. I think we Let's all need a this. straight right. jacket after
2: this. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> straight, straight. Yeah, I can't even walk a straight line right now. That's how tired I am.
2: Uh. Oh, my God. Here we go
1: and the jokes will continue for those listening at home. All right guys, let's hey, my get this kids party are running started.
2: straight across the hall
1: upstairs. Well, my kid is straight asleep upstairs. Oh, god. It never stops and I go ahead and apologize. This is probably going to be the funniest episode you've ever heard in your life. I've had some rest, so I have not. I'm tired. All right, let's uh, let's get this thing started guys. Seriously, uh, track 1, it's called Full-Hearted Memory.
3: He's on his mind once again The same old stew The same old fool Played by the rules but didn't win There's an old love in his heart That he can't lose He tried forgetting But he knows that it's no use He's got a food. That she walked out the door, he's got a full hearted memory, he sits patiently, here every night, so it can fool him more.
1: All right. So we get this thing started, and I will say this, what a perfect way to start this record. This is the first single and the first song. Guys, I'm going to say this phrase a lot tonight, or today. This is pure country music. From the start to the end, this is an outstanding tune. I love the lyrical vision coming through the eyes of a failed marriage, failed girlfriend, relationship, whatever it may be, Uh, possibly due to drunkenness, you know, it's country music. I, I, I do find that this song is really the perfect start to this record. Um, I love everything about it. I regret nothing. This is an outstanding tune. I'm at a nine. Chris, full-hearted memory.
0: Yeah, it's definitely got that uh, old-school, early 80s country feel to it. mm mm-hmm. uh, and you're right, subject matter, you know, full heart memory is all about like, and I don't know if it's more like a passage of time that kind of like plays tricks on you, maybe remember things differently than you did. It could be alcohol-related. A whole lot of 80s <laughs> country was. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of most country uh, is. Instrumentally, it's really solid, man. I love that steel guitar that's prominent throughout the song. Um, yeah, you know, kind of. it's it's the kind of song that you, it kind of puts you back in time when you listen to it. You almost can like see yourself in your... Family station wagon in the back seat, driving down a road, <laughs> listening to something like this. You know, it's kind of like I like the way that it kind of creates memory. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I ever listened to that. My mom would not; she was more like Air Supply or something like that, not <laughs> George Strait. But, but that said, uh, I'm sure it emotes that memory for somebody. Yeah, I give it nine and a half. I think oh, it's nice. Uh, nice. I think it's very close to perfection. Uh, I'm sure Anthony's maybe going where I think he's going with this one, and I can see why looking at some of the song facts. But I'm gonna let him uh, dabble into that. So go ahead, Anthony.
2: Yeah, I do have those memories. Cause this, this kind of music, <laughs> my dad would listen to all yeah. the time we were coming up. And yeah, I can see. Yeah. I can
0: see Bill playing this kind of stuff back. Yeah, in
2: there. he still. Uh, he told me a old joke one time, or not a joke. He told me something one time that he got a car broken into in Baltimore back in late '60s, I think something hmm. like that. And the music he had in there. He found it down the road about half a click because it's mostly old country, I think. Right? So, something <laughs> to that effect. Someone just threw out the, oh, the, the, something like that. But I'm not sure what he would have had in the car, being it was uh, late 60s, but it would have been eight tracks back then, maybe. I don't know if eight tracks was that early or not. But I think anyways, so, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's been with country, man. In fact, he rose up sometimes. Like, oh, check out this AM radio I found with old country music playing on it. I'm like, AM radio in 2022, you know? So, the dude is hardcore, old country, man. So. That's awesome. Um, but I love him, you know, and this one's for him, too, because he's a huge... George Strait is his Jimmy Buffett, so... Really? Okay. Yeah, so anyways, oh, good. I'm sure he'll listen to this episode, so anyways, uh anyways, yeah, song facts for this one. This was George Strait's first number one country single, uh, and it won the ASAP Award for the Most Played Country Song nice. of 1982. Strait would amass over 40 number one country hits. The Nashville songwriter Byron Hill wrote this with producer Blake Mevis. He said, I had written a song for a movie called The Exterminator. That's the movie I'm thinking it is. This is far from George Strait Country there. (laughs) Um, Hill recalled to Country Weekly, the same company came to my publisher and wanted a song for The Soldier, but there was more to it. The studio wanted a major label artist to record the song and perform it in the movie, and they would only commit to the song if it was released as a single so, apparently, this is in a movie called The Soldier, which I've never heard of. Oh, wow. Uh, me either. Uh, not The Exterminator, trust me. That's what I'm thinking of. That horror movie is out there. But uh, uh, I think it's like a horror action movie. Anyways, Full Memory. It's Memory. It's a country classic. I said it's smooth as an expensive whiskey. George just sounds perfect on this song. It works from start to finish. No issues, no flaws. It's a 10. It's perfection for George. It's a perfection for country music always enjoyed this one throughout the years and there's gonna be a few more tens on here too because i did some of these songs i couldn't help give tens to i, I had like nothing 10. wrong with that yeah. man it's when all it how his, you hear it brother yeah when i saw that was
0: his first number one single i was like okay that, that puts it in perspective a little I bit think i think when you have singles as number one
2: they've got to be perfection i mean they, that's just especially that his winner. first one like
0: his yeah, first number like a, one single i mean his
2: second one's on here too it's like second one in a row or something like that so he definitely had know. a. String, you get you get uh, that yeah, pass for,
0: with me for one, but like
1: not every one of them. The, the,
0: There's the at least three
2: more on here, I think. But
1: all right, guys. Well, let's move us up to track. Two. I think you're wrong, but it's <laughs> called Honky Tonk Crazy. Hit it, Chris. <laughs>
3: a hundred dollar bill on the table to get me through the night I got a tight blue jean honky tonk queen to hold me tight and the cowboy band rendition of a Texas waltz. It's music to my ears that I need to hear to keep me from climbing the walls cause tonight I'll be Honky -honky talk crazy. Rip rowing wide.
1: Honky Tonk Crazy, now this one is Honky Tonk Greatness. It really grew on me over the past few weeks. And my first impression when I first threw this album in was, man, this is okay. Nothing really more, but as I listened to this record over the past few weeks more and more, my God, dude, this is honestly a one-two punch. It's fantastic on this record. I mean, you go from Foolhearted hearted memory then to Honky Tonk Crazy. It just works. It fits. Yes, I know the production is absolutely pure 80s. But it doesn't matter. I think this one may be underrated and underappreciated. I especially love the Telecaster lick that starts out at the beginning of the song and continues to drop throughout the song. It just adds that honky-tonk flavor throughout. I think it's somewhere between excellent and outstanding. I'm at an eight and a half. Chris, what do you think about Honky-Tonk Crazy?
0: Yeah, you know... uh, you mentioned all the several listens. I think it helps a lot with with the way oh we yeah, do especially with the unfamiliarity. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. We we kind of gave ourselves several weeks to just mix it all together and listen to we all did. those albums. And that that I agree with you. Um, prominent bass on this one. I like to play on words that let the whiskey whisker out of my mind. That's that's oh, a yeah. brilliant line. whoever right. came up with that? Course, very catchy uh it's got a really good flow to it though i just like the whole flow of the song it is a little dated but i don't i don't have a problem with that at all i kind of like that date and time honestly so i feel like the stuff just feels right when you listen to it i was a little lower than you i gave a seven and a half between great and excellent but i think it's okay. solid too oh yeah. yeah
1: no no it's,
2: it's, it's like i said it's all in how you hear it anthony hmm. what are your thoughts of the honky-tonk crazy well, this one had a little song facts to it. Uh, cool. It's actually a little longer than some of the other ones for some reason. I don't know why. You think some of the big hits that have more song facts on them, but uh, mm-hmm. longer this, than
0: the song itself. Some of these are pretty short. <laughs> I'm telling you,
2: man, most of more, yeah. But it's kind of important because Dean Dillon is in this one, and Dean Dillon wrote a lot for George Strait throughout the years. So if you look him up and George Strait, they go hand in hand pretty well together. So um, this is written by Dean Dillon and Frank Dykus, who penned Strait's first hit "Unwound." This raw country number originally appeared on Dylan's first album with Outlaw Country singer Gary Stewart. I had no idea Dean Dylan was a singer. Brotherly Love earlier in 1982. Dylan hitchhiked to Nashville as a teen in the early 70s and immediately started writing songs, often fueled by a combination of heartache and hard living. Dykus was already a seasoned songwriter, having penned hits for Jerry Lee Lewis and Porter Wagner. It's a couple big names right there and was having trouble keeping up with his younger counterpart. They said, Dean's the kind of guy who loves all the attention, Dykus told New Country TV. He loves to have all the girls flocking around him. He tips the waitress $10 bills. I'm the opposite. I don't want anyone to know who I am. I was getting mad at him because he was introducing himself to all the ladies. I wanted to leave, but I was with him and couldn't (laughs) leave. We were in this rough section of town where you get your throat cut if you're not careful after midnight. He said, you can't leave because I got the car. I said, you watch my arse go out the door. I walked 10 miles to a truck stop across the river and through the woods. I called my wife to come and get me. It was about three o'clock in the morning. She said, where's Dean? And I said, he's honky-tonk crazy. He's rip-roaring wild. When I got home, I <laughs> jotted it down. I didn't try to write it <laughs> that night. Me and Dean got together about three or four days later and wrote the song. So it's That's funny how nice. inspiration comes At the darndest of times, right? That (laughs) is funny. Yeah. That was a long explanation to get to that. uh, Yeah. My (laughs) heat just kicked in. So I apologize, Chris. (laughs) You hear some some ambient noise in the background. That's not
1: acceptable. You must freeze.
2: Yeah. I'll I'll turn it down in just a second. Um,
1: (laughs) I'm kidding, dude.
2: (laughs) And I'll freeze in here, you know. But uh, honky tonk crazy, man. I said uh, nothing like a solid Saturday night bar song. And this is a song that is steeped in that. George once again nails the vocals. Band sounds amazing backing him up. Got a great beat and groove. Really enjoy it. Uh, I give it a seven. I think it's a great tune. So.
1: Oh, wow. I guess I'm the only one that really appreciated this one.
2: <laughs> I appreciated I'm joking, it very I'm much. I'm but a little guys, too high, I, thought, I loved it, man. I thought it was fantastic singing along. It's a, a great song. Ahead, I mean, I honestly, Toy totally going with an eight and listening to it again. It's a really good song. There are no duds on this album. We're all about so. the same. Yeah, we're close. close one, it's man.
1: no big deal. It's no big deal. All right, let's go to track three, The Only Thing I Have
3: Left. Chris. have just about washed me up. And the only thing that I have left in the hole.
1: thing I have left. Now, this one's a powerful song, man. It's almost a tearjerker. He's singing his love to his wife, spouse, whatever it may be, relationship, girlfriend. I wasn't familiar with this song either when we first listened to this record, guys, and yet, this one stuck with me. I found myself singing along easily as as much as pretty much the rest of this album. Um, I love the guitar in it. I love everything about it. George's vocals, fantastic. I may be the one coming in high today. I um, I think it's an excellent song. I'm at an eight. I'm, I'm no shame in my game. It's an eight. It's freaking excellent. All right, Chris, the only thing I have left.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those songs that sometimes you just hear that chorus and, man, like one time you know it. Like, it, it's one of those kind of songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously, I, I bet after maybe two listens I could sing the chorus in, in my head. I was just like, wow, that's... impressive you know certain songs just have such a great hook to them Uh, this is one of those uh, I like the way the song kind of takes off after the second chorus Uh, the fiddle and steel guitar both are perfectly placed in this song instrumentally it's really good Uh, some of these I I like the sound of some of these early 80 instrumental the way they instrumentally mix them together I don't know it's like there's a period of time there and yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It's probably a Telecaster sound, like you talk about. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's perfect for that that time frame. It really is, a really good flow. Again, I, I feel like a lot of his songs have good flow to them. Uh, I'm what'd you say? Eight? I, I gave it seven I'm and a an half. Eight. Uh, yeah, I think it's right, but between great and excellent. The two two songs back to back, I feel like both were solid tunes, uh, right in that seven and a half range.
1: There you go. Perfect. Perfect, Anthony. The only thing I have left. <laughs>
2: It's a solid country ballad. Uh, It's got a great vibe to it. You know, George is on point, man, once again. Uh, Again, no faults with this one either. It's another great song among so many on the album. I like this. There's a few songs in where George really shows his vocal range, and this is a good one. He really shows his range. He has some notes he hits that are really pretty pretty, pretty high for what I thought he could do. So uh, I think it's a great tune, too. So I think it's another seven for me. So it's funny. We all lined up the last two songs. We were all in the exact same. Eight, eight, seven and a half, seven and a half, seven. It's strange how that again, worked man. out. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it all kind of hit us all in the same way. Both these two songs. So. Yeah, I got a feeling the next one is going to be something we all agree on as well. I couldn't agree more. You know that <laughs> last song too. Uh, I can hear Conway doing that song. There's a couple of songs in here I can hear Conway yeah. doing back in the day. There's yeah. a Conway sound to it. So. Yeah, There's another one on here as I can hear well, Conway
1: man. doing. Oh yeah. What's that? Oh yeah. I said yeah. He's pure country as well, and you're right, dude. These songs would. I realistically, fit that that genre, that that group of especially special this. This is a I can hear seconds.
2: Conway doing this one especially. You know, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: he could he do could do one. a tearjerker. I mean George God.
1: Jones, it kind of gives you that vibe.
0: It's George, kinda, George
2: Jones, Jones could be yeah. one too. Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. All right, track four, still the night.
3: The bandages.
1: Still the Night. This one is the Jimmy Buffett song that Jimmy never recorded. Holy (laughs) smoke. This could be a companion song for Who's the Blonde Stranger when you think about it lyrically. Podcast Um, episode right there, man. Oh my God, dude. I love this tune. I do consider this song my sleeper on this record because I'd never heard it before until we started, you know, chose this album, Anthony. So this is absolutely fantastic. Yes, it sounds as dated as it could be, but I absolutely love it. The guitar tone and licks are a perfect feeling on this song all the way through. This 80s country production does haunt the entire album, don't get me wrong. But man, when songs are this good, it don't matter. This one right here I found to be somewhere between excellent and outstanding. I'm at an 8.5. Chris, what do you think about The Still of the Night?
0: Yeah, it totally feels like something that would fit in the movie *Urban Cowboy* or something. You know, I could just, I <laughs> <Yeah>. can <could> see. <laughs> I mean, it really does. Uh, it's just a fun song, man. I mean, you, you nailed it. it. It feels like a Buffett song. I think we all listened to that and heard that. Uh, I, I think maybe haven't they kind of like had tangled or crossed paths in the past? I know you know I'm actually
2: like come to think of it, together. as as a sidebar, I'm only in the future going to do a George Strait, Jimmy Buffett episode. So they've they've had some. Several songs that they've done together, yeah. and do well, edit that's it. It's not together, at all.
0: So. Th- this just feels like some of his something right off of like. Uh, you know, God, I hope they did this part. old school, uh, <laughs> like no, early seventies. See, Heartbreak
2: was one of the songs they did together. I mean, I think I,
0: I think lyrically, it's one of the most clever songs on the album instrumentally i love it you know you, you harp on that production but it's it's just a snapshot in time and i actually really like the way that sounds I, back in the day i
1: don't mean it to be negative i just i just it just dates it to yeah. that time, well, point I time and what's I sad is i regret not being able to listen to this back in the early 80s when it was you know when it's fresh yeah. so you exactly. know it's just it's just a weird feeling
0: but yeah it's also my sleeper of the night i absolutely love this song i gave it a nine yeah, it's it's outstanding. My, yeah, it may it may be my favorite song on the album. It's just a fun song, man. It I mean, is, I, this yeah. is the one that I in my head throughout the week when I wasn't listening was like I, <laughs> playing in my head, man. I love it. I song. know
1: exactly what you're talking about, man. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good good tune. All right, fair enough, Anthony. What do you think about "Steal the Night"?
2: Yeah, yeah, I missed the uh, the the screeching in this song. Oh, that's the other still the night song. I was uh ah was yeah still the night. A bad <laughs> oh, joke. Yeah. Bad joke. Um, no, I like it. You know, I, I thought about you think, like I'll pulling that clip and playing it just what so you guys <laughs> you did. <should> but, have,
1: <laughs> kind of hilarious. Have it fits our podcast as well. Obviously, since we reviewed that one exactly, and that is iconic.
2: Yeah, I don't hear any. What's the guy's name on John Sykes on this song, right? I don't think he's no, playing has Sykes. Sykes on the steel guitar. It wasn't shredding no. on the steel guitar on this one, was it? No. Oh, that'd be cool yeah, he to hear, but it's Sykes playing <laughs> steel guitar. Could you imagine him?
0: He could do it, I'm oh, sure. Wow. Okay. Anyways,
2: it, this, is a, this is a head and gym on the album, too, I think. It uh, might be a head and gym for George Strait's career, man. Uh, it's got a great rocking vibe to it. It's another song I can see playing in one of those old sawdust-covered floors, peanut-covered floor, bar floors, you know, where people are dancing to tunes on Saturday night. It's mm. perfect for that. I like the story this song lays out, the play on words, too. I love the, I love when songs have that play on words. Um, Once again, you know, George is just as smooth as ever. Band is just great again, behind him. It's an eight for me. It's excellent. It's funny that uh, I keep winding up at the bottom of y'all's rankings, but I'm still going high. But I, you guys are going higher than me, which is really strange. Wow. I thought I'd be the one. This, this song, dude.
0: I absolutely love this song is fantastic. This, this, this. You, you're the Buffett connoisseur. You have to admit, this
2: feels just like early. Yeah, that could be an man. old '70s Buffett song, yeah. Oh, could, absolutely. 70s, early '70s, early song, even dude. early '80s. Oh my god, yeah, dude. very early '80s. I before yeah, like, came uh, with the '80s, white now. sport coat era. You know, this, this yeah, I, right, yeah right that would fit on that for sure. Yeah. So, I think it's an excellent tune. But I kind of want to bump this one up too because, you know, I don't know, it's great tune. I love it. I love it. All right.
1: Let's go to track number five. It's called I Can't See Texas From Here.
3: Now I come and go as I please From down here up north and in between But baby, it's a shame Cause I always feel the same when I can't see Texas from here. I can't see Texas from here. No matter.
1: can't see texas from here man after a stellar start in this album i do feel like we're going to start seeing a little bit of a dip here um and it's not a bad dip by no means i mean this song is pure texas country i think it has flavors of 50s and 60s country music throughout it's got that dubop feel almost um vocally george is great and in great form i do find this song to be great i'm rating it a seven chris what'd you think
2: about i can't see texas from here I mean that's not much of a dip, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, so I've been, been dropping like nine or something. No, <laughs> No, 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 no,
1: no, no, no,
0: not at all. Yeah, I, I, this one kind of feels like something you'd see you like in a square dance sequence of a movie or something. You know, like some, right. old, you know that. what I mean? It, it, or that, or something like comes out of a county fair kind of stuff. I don't know. I like it. Uh It's it's got its own niche. I think you're right. I think maybe. You have to be a Texan to really appreciate this song on its fullest level, uh, which we aren't. <laughs> but I can see how, like, if, you know, people in Texas have a lot of pride in their state. I've noticed you, you meet somebody from Texas, they'll tell you pretty quick they're from Texas most of the time. Very similar to, like, somebody from West Virginia. Or there's certain states, you know, like, where we live, like, uh, Kentucky's that way, like, Some places it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm from Virginia, whatever, you know. Like nobody cares, but but like if you're from, you know, some. So this is like a state pride kind of song. He's definitely talking about missing home in this song. Uh, It's a solid song. I I gave it a seven as well. I think I think it's great, but but like it's a little bit of a dip as well for me. But that said, it's still great, man. So yeah, absolutely. And and I dig that whole county fair square dance kind of. It's pin a blue ribbon on a pig, something, you know, like this <laughs> feels like it fits right in with that. I don't know. There you go. I like it.
1: There you go. All right, Anthony, talk to us. I can't see Texas from here.
2: Yeah, I'm digging the honky tonk fiddle and uptempo beat of this one. Uh, I, I said I kind of like the way it boogies along from start to finish. It does sort of boogie from start to finish. Uh, you know, I like the steel guitar in it's a little bits of piano too. I like the way it you gets your foot tapped when you listen to it. Um, No complaints. I gave this an eight. I think it's an excellent tune for me. But it also might be that I had that straight out of the box box set years ago. And this <laughs> oh, yeah. song was on there, I think. Is <laughs> that the name of the box? I think it was called Straight <laughs> yeah. Out of the Box, I'm not mistaken. Um and it this was. song was I on had there. it too, yeah. So, so I think maybe that's what helped give me a little bump on this one because I knew the song already and was already singing along to it when I heard it on the thing. So uh, yeah, I think it's an excellent tune. I'm digging God, it I love it. I love
1: it. All right. Let's go to track. <laughs> let's go to track six. Well, Christmas
2: my brother song. said they George Strait should have an album called Straight Jacket, so uh or something that's like funny. that. We'll we were players. saying before
0: he, if he ever wanted to go to play in the black community in Los Angeles, he could make one called Straight Out of Compton. That would that would be great. This <laughs> change straight, you know, the way it's spelled. Oh my All god. Right. <laughs> Next song.
1: Here we go. Track six, Marina Del Rey. Chris.
3: Said goodbye in Marina Del Rey. I had a good time was the last thing I heard her say As I walked away And on the plane back to Tennessee My mind comes across her memories And yesterday in Marina Del Rey Hidden beach under a golden sun She spread a blanket that we laid down on And loved the world way In Marina del Rey And as we looked into each other's eyes We found our bodies lost in paradise Like castaways
1: Marina Del Rey We all know how I feel about ballads but the piano intro is absolutely fantastic. This song really does show what George can do He can absolutely make the purest of country songs. This is such a great song. It's outstanding in every single way. The lyrics like the tide. Sometimes love comes and goes away. Great lyrics of life, love, and memories and I don't know if you guys caught this at the very end of the song. There's like seagulls
2: you can't get wrong with seagulls, I didn't. Right, seagull, can you? <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it, it's it's <laughs> weird. I, I didn't think you liked the seagull, Anthony. Yeah, you what a magisterial it creature. It was I, I, I like when the, I like when I hear the seagull. I don't like when <laughs> a guy's singing a song about a <laughs> yeah, seagull yeah, being yeah, a bird anyway, of freedom I, of I, choice. I love how the song
1: ends. I know this song it's is weird. a and favorite, and it's for good reason. I find it somewhere between outstanding and perfection. This is the one I find a nine and a half. Chris, what'd you think about Marina Del Rey?
2: Good job, Jimmy. I'm proud of
1: you. It's a great song, man. It is an absolute great song. Yeah, it's definitely
0: Ballad Boys' uh, forte right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you what, man. It, it, you listen to the lyrics on this, it's very well written as far yes. as that goes. Uh, you know, I know that's George. I guess he really doesn't write money. Did he write this? Let's see. No, it's Dean no. Dillon and. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he, wrote, he I was getting he, ready to get into Texas, that, but yeah. you ruined it. So go ahead. sorry. <laughs> I will not I'll leave that alone. That, that's your domain. <laughs> i love it yeah it's it lyrically it's it's very good i think george's vocals are great on this too it's it's he doesn't go over the top when he sings he's he's right in the pocket it's understated but it's it's what it needs to be for this song as far as that goes the real question is is this a 10 guys i mean that's that's the question i find myself asking that a lot this week uh it was i had the hardest time on because to me there's one song that's an undeniable 10 on this album uh and and it's in my head. It's like okay, well, if it's if it's if there's something that's an undeniable ten, it's a ten. It's like, does that mean if it's not an undeniable ten, then it's not? I gave this a ten because I think it is perfection. Good job, when Chris. it comes to a country ballad from that time frame, I really do. I don't know if you can beat it. I mean, it's 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 perfection in that. The one thing I will say, I'm not sure why Mr. Texas is singing about California. Like it, that seems it's a little out of character.
1: It's a love song. That's all yeah, Well,
0: sure it is, but like, why not, I don't know, something in Texas. I beach mean, and people, go to,
2: people go on vacation all the time and go to places. So no this guy's
0: supposed to be vacation. out working on his ranch. He's not supposed to be hanging out in Marina Del Rey, can California. You say that about man. Buffett,
2: too. I mean, he sings about the beach Uh-oh. and he sings about the mountains. No, no, Buffett's
0: not like a working man. This guy's a working man. That's a different That's a man. different story there. True.
2: But uh, just we got a little
0: banter on that. I, it's a great song. man. It really is. I, I, I'm going to give it a 10 because I do think it's perfection in that
1: genre, especially for like a ballad in that time frame. Right, right. All yep. right, Anthony, sum it up for us, Marina Del Rey.
2: <laughs> uh, song facts. I uh, got a bit of splaining to do on this one, too. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> it was written by unwound songwriters Dean Dillon and Frank Dykas again, like I was saying before. And, like, but that's probably why George did it, cause him and Dean, I think, were pretty big friends. They wrote a, mm. they did a lot together back then. It said, the sentimental ballad from Straight's second album has a singer recalling a past love affair They took place on the beaches of Marina Del Rey, California. Dylan, who would continue to write songs for Straight throughout his career, wrote this from his own experience, he said in a Song Facts interview. So Dean Dylan, this is his experience, not Straight's. So that's probably why it's Marina Del Rey. I was in Marina Del Rey, um, Dylan said, California with Steve Warner and Sylvia, who were label mates of mine on RCA, doing a radio tour. We stayed at the Sheridan there in, I think, he said Marina Del Rey. Steve liked magic tricks and he took Sylvia to a magic show. I made my way to the bar and I met a young lady there and we actually dated for a couple of years after that. But that song was written about her on the airplane coming back from Marina Del Rey. Most of it was. When I got back, I played what I had for Dykus and we finished it. And it said straight landed in the top 10 on the country chart with a melody that strayed from the genre's 145 standard. Dylan was inspired by the acts he saw perform when he was a teen, like Carole King and James Taylor. When I heard those melodies that Carole and James were writing, a light bulb went off in my head, and I thought, man, if you could take that kind of melody and pair it with a great country lyric, you'd really have something, D- Dylan explains. That's who inspired those melodies. Marina Del Rey at the time was about as far as you could push an envelope in country music. So... A lot of big words there, but uh, long story short, man, uh, my thoughts on it are uh, I like the fact, you know, this song, I think it, I like the fact it kind of sheds the country vibe. I know, Jimmy, you said it's, it, you said the country thing, but I kind of like it's It's more of a soft rock sound for George, which also yeah. I think helps to sort of showcase his vocal talents too, that he can shed the country sound and kind of get a little more softer. I do like that a lot. Um, and, you know, I, this has been a favorite of mine for a very, very long time. Not just as a Buffett fan. Before I was a Buffett fan, I loved this song. You just hearing it in the house all the time. You know, just as a kid growing up, you know, I've always loved this song. Um, it's a 10 for me, man. It's a temper. I think George Strait himself. It's perfection all the way through. I don't think it, it's hard to argue that because it's just, it's just it one of those blues. songs that's it's, it's, great, it's been in my life fantastic. for so long that I don't remember a time when I don't know this song. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, that's how long it's been in my life. So it, it's easily a 10 for me. It's perfection. So. Fair enough. Fair
1: enough. Excellent. Let's go to track seven. It's called Lovers in Disguise. Chris.
3: There's a secret that I know About the lady I love so And I'm the only one She's shown her secret too She's just and she's kind She's proper and refined She lets down more than her head Alone in our road
1: lover in disguise man. this one reeks 80s country that familiar bass line and acoustic strum i mean it is pure country it's nowhere nowhere near as good as the previous seven songs this one has that familiar george sound and tone but for some reason the song never did grab me during my uh, listen throughout the past few weeks i mean i still think the song is good it's actually between good and very good but i i don't know what it was it just didn't didn't grab me uh it's not a skipper it's still a, you know i think it's it's a five and a half, five point five. 5.5 um it just never really grabbed me and if i was going to flush one this would be my choice of flush this week on this record but that being said it's not a bad song it just never grabbed Wrong. me <laughs> oh god all right chris lover in disguise chris's flush of, of the
2: week <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad, if you listen to this, I'm sorry for these two fools, okay? Your dad loves this Bill, song? Bill, I apologize. I always have a flush,
1: No, I'm
0: not so saying is... that. I'm just saying you guys a bunch much fools on
2: this song. But, uh... <laughs> what? I, oh, dude. It's right. I said this song is excellent between tune. good and very excellent good. Oh, excellent Team,
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> So here's my note. And, and the, the only reason, Bill, if you're listening to this, I give everything a flush. Every album, the worst song on it, unless it's just the album's perfection, uh, which, which I have had a few exceptions, but it's not often. Uh, so anyway, with this song, uh, it's it's uh, okay. I, I kind of feel like you get like some shades of other musicians in this one. It's not really George Ben himself, I don't think. In this one, I almost get like a Ronnie Millsap sound on, on the instrumentals, as far as that you know. That I can I,
2: hear Conway on this one too. Yeah, yeah a more it doesn't feel like his version.
0: song, and, and that's the only reason that I, I gave this one the flush. Still think it's a very good song. Uh, it's catchy, you know. It's th- even his vocals sound a little bit more like. Country than then he he normally has a real clean vocal and this one sounds a little more like he's trying to almost force an accent in there or something I don't know I, I like that in
2: this I like you hear a little more range in this one it's another yeah. song you hear a little more of his range in different yeah tones. I guess I like that so
0: I guess but uh, I, but I still like it I gave it a six I think it's a very good song mm. but it is my lowest rate of the night so you got the flush
1: fair
2: enough fair enough Anthony I mean I think it's an excellent tune but that's me personally so I gave it an eight but. Uh... I could hear Conway doing this one a little bit, you know, and he'd have a little more he sleaze, could. a little more player in that one, I think, if he did it. But uh, <laughs> he definitely
0: would. There um, sleaze. <laughs> but I
2: do like that kind of nasty groove that leads this song. Yeah, it's got a nice little vibe to it. Um, then we get another solid country ballad. Uh, like I said, I like the vibe, the groove. It's the latest one ebbs and flows. Guitar work. I do like the way George changed his vocals once again. There's several songs here he really showcases what a good singer he is. I didn't give him as much credit for singing as as I heard on this album. I'm really surprised. Yeah. You know, I thought he was more just a straight sort of, literally a straight sort of singer. You know, not just uh, not so much range. You know, I was really surprised by that. Uh, you know, I think it's a hidden gem on the album personally. I really do. I, I I like this one a lot. So I gave it an eight. I think it's excellent. So,
0: Hi,
1: man. That's that just, yeah. Fair enough. It's all how you hear it, dude. And I'm telling you, just although it didn't grab me, I still think it's a good song. It's just. It's not one of his. I bad. definitely it
0: wouldn't like skip now. it. It play like I oh, play this yeah. out my way through. We'd never skip yeah. songs. So I, yeah. I kind yeah. like of like it. the groove.
2: It's got kind of a nice little. Groove it does.
0: To it. I think the only reason it was a little lower for me is it just didn't really feel like one of his songs. It
1: yeah, it really didn't feel natural. But yeah. yeah. If he was. if you
2: don't write your own music, sometimes it may come off like that. You That's know, true. Know, because yeah. and I don't. He probably didn't write this one either. I don't he don't think didn't. He writes a lot of his own music. So only song
0: he wrote on this was "I Can't See Texas Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, let's go to track eight. It's called Heartbroke. Chris?
3: Down your face when your heart broke, and running from the reason you got your heart broke. I don't give up on believing in me heart broke. Whoa. Who kept me from leaving with my heart broke?
1: Alright, heartbroken Now this one is a step up from Lover Disguise but it does pale in comparison to the song that follows it. I think this one has a great country dubop feel to it, and it does fill in this gap nicely uh, between track uh, seven and track nine. I think the song is very good. It is semi-catchy, um, but once again, it foreshadows, I mean, it comes before arguably one of the greatest country songs ever. So nonetheless, I think it's very good. I'm at a six. Chris, how would you feel about Heartbroken?
0: Yeah, it's back to the county fair. Another square dancing sequence song. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, I actually kind of think he does well in these songs. It it feels very authentic for him when when you listen to a song like this. It's catchy, it's upbeat, it's kind of a fun. puts a smile on your face. That's about all I've got on this song. I I think it's it's a great song. I give it a seven. Uh, It's maybe like for this album, kind of middle of the road, but but it's a solid tune. Yeah.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough, Anthony. What'd you think about Heartbroken?
2: It's another mover and groover. It's got a catchy chorus, like many songs on the album. It gets the foot tapping and head bobbing. I like the fiddle and guitar work throughout, and just the whole vibe of the song. And I think this is a nine for me. It's an outstanding tune. But I think this is also another one that I've heard a lot, and I know really well, so I think it probably helped to sway my vote, because this is another one of those by him. I've heard a bunch. So uh, I think it's a nine for me. It's outstanding. So... Wow.
0: Yeah, I noticed there was an excerpt on Wikipedia on this one. Apparently, Ricky Skaggs covered it, as well as uh, Marshall Tucker Band. So, Well, you can hear the guitar
2: uh, playing, and I don't doubt Ricky yeah. Skaggs probably tore that thing up. Yeah, so see, Ricky Skaggs, he was another big one in our house when I was growing up. Ricky
0: and it Skaggs. says the song was Skaggs' third number one on the country chart, so he actually took his song to number one. That's so knows, I, I that's didn't realize he played this one.
2: I yeah. That's either. where
1: I heard it. Didn't realize it. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. dude, that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. All right. We'll he was to great too by the way yeah Skag's is great uh, track 9 Amarillo by Morning <laughs> Amarillo by Morning
3: up from Saturday
1: Got Amarillo by morning. All right, guys, so here we go. I assure you that there is country perfection and there is George Strait country perfection. (laughs) Amarillo is absolute country perfection in every form and factor. George, playing the lonely cowboy, living the rodeo dream, and all the heartache and heartbreak, it is part of that lifestyle lyrically it's written so well i cannot speak the praises enough this was one of the songs i was super familiar with before we even got started arguably one of my favorite george Strait songs of all time it is perfection i can't hearken on that enough it's a 10 chris Amarillo by morning yeah
0: that's what i was talking about earlier so there's some that you're not sure that are tens but you might roll with and then there's some that just before you even review the album, you know it's a 10 before you even start, man. I mean, that's that's what this is. This is just absolute perfection for the genre. Maybe the best,
1: one of the top
0: five country songs out of the 80s, man. I mean, it's hard to, to disagree with that. It's, you it's could almost such a say top song.
1: five of all time. This is <laughs> I mean, awesome you almost song. could. I, I, mean, would, I wouldn't argue it if somebody said that. It.
0: Yeah, I love the storyline. It's just pure country. You know, it's just like, it's talking about... Uh, a guy who's in the rodeo and and it's just instrumentally it's perfect the fiddles at the end the way it fades out, I love that I mean the song was a huge hit I didn't pull Spotify I'm sure it's one of his highest streamed as well I love that line, I ain't rich, but Lord, I'm free. I mean, what a song, man. My God, I mean, that's just like, country perfection. Oh my it God, is, man. Alone. I mean, it's just, although you are rich, George, but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe you weren't when you wrote the song. No, <laughs> no. no, no. Really so, I mean, it's just, yeah. what more can you say? It's easy, Tim. We didn't leave much meat on the bone for Anthony, but I'm sure he's got some song facts. So. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Anthony,
1: go ahead, buddy.
2: Round this. I've up. always got plenty of meat to go around. <laughs> wow. God. That's All right, a we don't need to go blue on this one, man. Let's go. <laughs> uh, songfacts.com. Uh, it, this rodeo ballot was actually written by Terry Stafford and Paul Fraser, and it said has become one of country music's most recognizable anthems and propelled George Strait to stardom. I mean, how could it not propel someone to stardom with a song like this? Despite being Strait's most famous tune, it is not one of his record number one singles. It peaked at number four in the country charts, and was named the 12th best country song of all time by CMT so did ah. go to number 1 which is crazy to think that is about, hard
0: to believe actually I know, right? that is weird double check there must have been something else that was I, dominating the
1: charts when this song I, I, was I don't on, know what but... could have beat that but i promise y'all this is this is 82
2: perfection. 83 i guarantee alabama had a run in there with some oh, stuff oh yeah too,
1: no doubt they, they would have had something to do with it. conway twitty was even popular that yeah in the eight, early 80s too. you got to remember
2: guys this randy was, travis was this i think he his he's start just starting then too. yeah so man, he might have started like 85 i can't remember when travis came around but anyways yeah man this has long been a favorite of mine by George. Uh, You know, if I was to rank all-time favorite country songs, not just George Strait's song, this would be in the top 10, maybe top 5 for me. Uh, I truly just love everything about it. George Sounds Smooth, the band on point behind him again. The story in the song is great. I love the way it moves and grooves and vibes and jives from start to finish. I do love that haunting fiddle at the end of it, too. It really has a very nice... You can almost see the the taillights of the, the horse trailer and the the truck in the distance as that fiddle plays out at the end, you know, and just going off into the distance. It's so perfect, man. It's a 10. It's a, it's a 30 for us this week. So, I mean, it's a, it's perfection. There, there's Absolutely. no doubt about it. All right. And I think uh, Garth Brooks has a version of this song too, I'm not mistaken. It was really good. Good Lord, really? Okay, I, I think so. I didn't realize. There's been a few artists who've covered this song, but I think Garth has a version of it too. It's really good. That
1: is a, uh, that's, a that's a, that's a ballsy move to cover this tune, I would think
0: I had to pull up the country music singles from 1983 to see what was competing at the time. Yeah. Uh, nothing that should have beaten it, honestly. <laughs> We've got uh, a song by Merle Haggard, uh, Going With A Lonely Go, Amy Lou Harris, Mickey Gilly, I don't know who the hell that is, I Ronnie Millsap, oh God. Uh Crystal oh Gale God. had a, a song right in that time frame. Blue this eyes, is just going right? through February. Crystal no, it Gale. was uh, Till I Gain Control Again. T.G. Yeah. Shepherd and Karen Brooks, again, never heard of them. Oh, my God. That's Charlie Shepard. T.G.
1: Shepard's Shepard. huge,
3: dude. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, sorry. Well, that shows you how much I know about the genre. Charlie uh, Pryor. Conway's got a song in there, The Rose, Ricky Skaggs yep. again. So Alabama was down at Dixieland. Delight was in April. It hit number one. So I don't know, man. I like, feel like this song probably should have gotten there, but whatever reason, it didn't.
1: I don't know. Wow. Wow. I don't All know. right. Well, let's round this album out. Final track. It's a fire I can't put out.
3: I'm finding out how hot An old flame can burn You're a feeling I haven't forgot The love I can't unlearn You've become a memory I can't live without You'll always be a fire fire
1: i can't put out All right guys, that's so time for a Jimmy rant. Here we go. A fire that Good. can't I can't put out. Final track, fourth single, but the song pales in comparison to the previous tune, and rightfully so. Song placement as I've said many times is so crucial. This song is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, it was a single, but I really think this one should have been placed before Amarillo. I, 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 Amarillo just overshadows this song so much. I do enjoy the song, and I feel like because of this placement, it hurt, may have hurt my, my uh, actual overall score, uh, just simply knowing that I just got my mind blown away by Amarillo by Morning. Um, I don't think it's as good as Amarillo. I do think the song is excellent. I find it to be an eight, and that that could be argued. I know, Anthony, you're, this is probably a ten for you, but nonetheless, you got to swap this one around. I, I do like the song; I enjoy the song. It's just not not the right placement in my ears. Chris, what do you think about a fire I can't put out?
0: Yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting discussion on this. I, I feel like. This is a good closer. I kind of feel like the way... It, the, oh. There's like a culmination at the end of this, the way he kind of hits the high note at the very end, you know. He does. Just if I can put out... You know, the way he just like kind of kicks it at the end there. I feel like that's a really good way to close this album. And this is a very good song as far as that goes, too. It, it really is. feels a bit like a Conway or a George Jones type, type song. It's one of those that <clears throat> you can see another person kind of maybe putting out. So it's not one that he really has his stamp on as far as that goes. But I do like it, and I think it's an excellent closer. I think lyrically it's powerful. It's just you know one of these songs, you know, this is a woman I can't get out of my system kind of thing. Uh, that, that, that's that's eighties country music, early eighties. I mean, it really is perfect for that genre. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I gave it a nine, but I'm leaning toward more toward where Anthony's going on in this because I, I I can't argue that this is perfection. The in wow. In in this genre, I mean, just listen to the lyrics and the type of song it is. I, I can't really argue that, but I'm giving it a nine because that's where uh my score is, and okay. I'm not gonna change it. But yeah, it's it's a solid closer. And I, I'm go ahead, Anthony. I know Anthony, you're gonna go ahead. Yeah. salvate yeah, all over this one. So. Tear
2: it apart. Now, I mean, I pulled this from CountryMusicNation.com. It said once he snagged his first number one hits, kept rolling in for the man who would one day come to be called the king of country. Straight's second number one of his career made its appearance in 1983, titled A Fire I Can't Put Out. The song was released as the fourth single of his album, Straight from the Heart. It was written by Daryl Stadler. The song is told from the perspective of a man who has parted ways with the woman he loves. Although she is gone, the man just can't bring himself to let go of her memory. While he knows he should find someone new, he can't contain the fire he still feels for his former love. And to promote a fire can- I can't put out, I didn't watch it, but I saw a little bit of the clip. Straight made an appearance on the popular country variety show Hee Haw to perform the song. <laughs> Luckily, footage from that performance has made its way online for all of us to enjoy. So I did see, I, I had it on mute, and I just kind of watched a second. to watch George walk out with the guitar on, just young as ever. So I meant to watch it, send you guys a link, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's perfection, man. This is another one of those songs that I've heard so much in my lifetime that I just, you know, I don't know when I first heard it. You know, I've heard this one a lot. Um, it's just another great country ballad full of heartbreaking laws, something country music does so well. George does it as well, as well. You can just feel every ounce of desperation in his voice as he sings this one. Again, no complaints. The album opens strong. It's closing strong, man. This is another 10. It's Perfection. It's four tens for me on this album, and, and I don't really give a damn. I, There's there's four songs on here that are just, they're hot fire. I mean, they really are. And they're songs that have been in my zeitgeist for so long that, that I can't even know the time and I don't, don't know them. So I, there's no way I can not give them tens. They're so right. much part of my life. So, uh Yeah.
0: But yeah, you right. touched on hee haw. That's how you know you've landed back in those
2: days. If you yeah, got a guest st- guest spot on <laughs> oh, hee haw, was a seven o'clock Saturday night? Dude, like I'm telling you, it day. was on
1: my TV every Saturday night back my when I was a kid. Oh, oh my god, it, my man.
0: grandfather loved that show too, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Go for laughs> and my grandparents, we were there his house. my it dad. On. Jeez, jeez, yeah. man.
1: Wow, wow. Boys, I mean, I can't argue y'all scores. This this album is absolutely fantastic, and, I, and I'm going to go into my final thoughts real fast. First off. Anthony, awesome pick, King George. You cannot go wrong. And I and I, I'll admit this: I'm more familiar with George's hits uh, and his albums from the late '80s throughout the late '90s than anything else. I was very familiar with a couple songs on this album, but for the most part, this was a was a, a new experience for me, and it was absolutely awesome. Um, this album is fantastic, and I and I, I joke about the '80s production, but Chris, you said it right. You wouldn't have it any other way because this is exactly how you remember early country music for us as, you know, growing into our, our what, our adolescent years of, you know, being 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old throughout yeah. those years. You know, it's that. You this is our hear, grandparents' music, man. This it really, really is, is yeah. man. You, you can hear it. Uh, there is a purity to this music that doesn't exist in today's country music. I can tell you that right now. Um and there, and I'm not saying that's it's a bad thing or a good thing some country this this day and time has gone fantastically in the right direction but there's nothing that compares to pure country music and this is pure country music. Um, I, I will say that uh, God Almighty, he had a run of songs for about ten years that he was hitting home run after home run after home run, and that's I when I really became him. well he probably does, but that's when I became a fan of George Strait and. Going back and listening to his earlier stuff, I got a. I mean, I, I basically, after we started doing this review, I start, I started hitting the the Apple playlist for George Strait and listening to everything, and I love it. I mean, I, I like. I think for two Sundays in a row, that was just George Strait all day long, and you can't beat that. I went back and listened to this record all week long again, pretty much once a day, every day, and yesterday twice, because I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it. And I tried to give everything a fair shake. But I can I can honestly tell you, there's no skippers on this record. Uh, this is arguably one of the greatest sophomore albums ever released in country music. I love this album. I do see myself going back and listening to it time and time. And uh, and I will say this: if you look at George Strait's past and his history, Chris, we, you know, Chris jokes that he's you know he's a poser for standing up for his guitar every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> but I will say this: George Strait was a military guy. He served in the was army. He? I didn't know that. Four years okay. in the military. He went to college. He graduated college with a degree in agriculture. So there's his there's his farming country, creds for country you. Country cred. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, the man lives a life like so few have. And his country music pedigree, I think it's second to none. Second to none. He's King George for a reason. People praise him to this day, and rightfully so. My overall came out to be an eight. I'm not going to argue it. It's an excellent album. I could argue that we could say this is an outstanding album, bump it to a nine. And I don't know if I should, but I will say this is a can't-miss record if you want to taste great early 80s country music. Chris, your final thoughts? Yeah, this
0: is definitely a solid pick, Anthony. Uh, it's a good way to round out our country music month. I feel like we oh, had three God, pretty good yeah. a, pretty good representations. Records, this God. is 80s. We had a 90s and a 2000s, and all three of them turned out pretty solid. Uh to me, this album definitely is like a snapshot in time, and, and I really like albums like that. I mean, I, I like being able to get transported back into the early '80s. You listen to this kind of stuff, and it it, it changes. You like you can you get these memories of like life in the past when you listen to stuff like this, you know. And oh, yeah. that's a great uh, gift to give people. Sometimes I think, you yeah, this is definitely young George Strait. He was firing on all cylinders. I mean, so, some of these songs, like "I Can't See Texas from Here" and "Steal the Night," man, those are just like great songs. I mean, they really are. And and, and you can you can see him. You can, can you, I mean, you can look at this picture of this dude. Can you see him walking into some bar back in 83? I mean, every damn woman would be throwing themselves at him, man. I mean, they just would, you know. I mean, it's like it, it's a quiet, confident swagger this guy probably carried himself with, which I think that's the reason people love him so much. I mean, one of the reasons anyway. He's just like a genuine, real dude. I like that whole county fair square dance, you know, a couple songs that fell into that. I thought that was it, very much on brand for him. Uh, and like I said, the one still, and I, this is like a Buffett tune, man, but it's just like perfect. I, I just, I love that. The hits were fantastic. All four of them, really. Every, every one of those singles were just excellent songs. They really were. And you know, the two, I, I gave two of those a 10. Anthony, I can see why I gave all four of them a 10. They're all pretty much perfection in their own way. Uh, the only thing i'll say man it's a shame that i never got to see this guy live and i probably never will because of how much his tickets are now but <laughs> his like, tickets are ridiculous yeah i mean I, I wish i wish i could say yeah i saw him in 1985 tickets cost me 12 bucks i mean that would be <laughs> a great you know, story to tell to i've seen some you. bands in, in that j- frame but not him and probably never will
2: you know we have said not to cut into you Chris but while i was thinking of it uh we said sometimes have been nice been born like in 60 or 62. Mm-hmm. That way we would have been our tens, or twenties. At these certain ages, we felt like we've missed out a lot of stuff, you know. And yeah. you know, I, I'm glad I grew up in the '80s when that was my formidable years. There was some great music back then, but yeah. I'd like to have some of those formidable years in the '70s and be more of a young adult in the '80s, you know, and just get to. In, that music from '70 to '90 was just like wow, you know, yeah. some great music. But anyways.
0: Yeah, and one thing about this album, there's really no filler, man. I mean, hardly any filler. Every every song fits. Every song is is just just a solid album all the way through. I don't know. Like I, I was, I remember last year when we did this. I was thinking about George Strait, and I didn't know his discography well enough to say, okay, this is gonna be a good album, you know, because because there were like one or two songs I knew on every one of them. But not like a solid, okay, I know all these songs, I know this will be good kind of thing. I'm glad you picked it, Anthony. I guess you had the box set, so you kind of had a more familiarity, plus with your dad's influence over the times there. Yeah, man. The the last thing I'll say, I tried some of his tequila about a week ago. It was fantastic. Uh, As far as celebrity tequila goes, it's top notch. It really is. What's it called? It's called Cadigo uh it's really good it's hard to find like you can't find it in virginia i had to drive down to tennessee to get it but, no. but it's solid stuff man it really is um cool. yeah i gave this a 8.3 when i rounded it up that's pretty damn high when just for like not rounding it's just th- that's the score um and i think i'll leave it at that just because like if, if you round it it kind of cheapens it i mean that's a high score right off the bat for us so yeah this is an excellent excellent pick it is
1: it is all right anthony what's your final
0: thoughts
2: yeah, you know, like I said, I'm digging it, man. This was the uh, clear winner for me during Country Month this week. Uh, I, need to, I need to dive into more George Strait, and I might just do that on my other podcast. Uh, there are several you know, great hidden gems on here. Songs I wouldn't have heard unless I listened to this album. Glad I heard those. Glad we dove into it. Now, I can't recommend it enough to anyone who listens to the podcast. If you want some great country music. My final rating was 8.7, and I am going to round it to a 9, because it is an outstanding album. You get that close to outstanding, you might as well round it up to a 9. So, uh, yeah. But those 10s definitely bumped me up, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, can't argue with those 10s, no. man. No, well, you can't, I Anthony. To.
1: It's it's especially when it's a part of your, uh, your young childhood growing up. It ingrains in your DNA, honestly. I've said it many times in this podcast, you know. It's just how you feel, and it's how you you listen to it. I, I can't argue your scores at all. Yeah, Anthony, were, was
0: a, were you familiar with that Steel of the Night song before you listened to this album? No, nah,
2: not really. I was, <laughs> it's like I said, just when I was pure Buffett man. Really I know is. we were coming <laughs> when I was coming up. You know, it was mostly the hits in the country yeah. radio and stuff like that. But uh, um, when I got into country hard in the nineties, I heard a lot of this too. So, I mean, it's been with me for a long, long time. So. But no, not still the night, man. That's one. Of the, I love diving into these albums. We dive into week to week because a lot of these songs you don't know, like with the ZZ top when we found that hot, no, no, no. hot blue and righteous, who would have known they did a song that amazing <laughs> yeah, among all their amazing songs. We already knew, you know, you just, mm-hmm. I love diving into these albums and I agree, fun, man.
0: Dude. It's the best part of the podcast is finding out stuff you didn't know. And like discovering music, you really weren't, didn't realize was that good. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Wow. Well, nonetheless, guys, fantastic pick. So, uh, Anthony, I know you got something going on this week for us. Uh, <laughs> for those listening at home, we are not doing another podcast as a group until we do our year-end special or our year-end where we celebrate our top five records and a couple of uh, other things we may want to celebrate uh I think we're scheduling that toward uh, probably that first weekend in, in January. So we are going to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to try to drop at least one or two, uh, possibly two, I should say, uh, bonus episodes. So, Anthony, go ahead and lead us off. What's going on with uh, uh, Songlines of Lines and your bonus?
2: Uh, Songlines of Lines podcast. Uh, a little ways back, I did a medley of the song Ring of Fire for something I was messing around with. And I decided not to do that episode, but I still had the medley. So I said, you know what? I want to make an episode around that medley. <laughs> so I found a way to basically just talk about the song "Ring of Fire" and play the medley and talk about the cover versions of it and everything. So that's the song I'm diving into is the song "Ring of Fire" this week on the podcast. And then I want to try and dive into the uh, well, I got it recorded already. The Twisted Sister Christmas album. We'll drop that on December 25th. You guys want to do that on the podcast? So I thought I'd go ahead and do it for us. So uh, we've
0: tried a couple times and we just are like, we can't do it, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we just can't do. So, it. <laughs> if all goes according to plan, December 25th, I'll be dropping that episode, and you get a little taste of my songlines Christmas episode too in that one. So, you know, Excellent. nice little Christmas treat. <laughs> Excellent. Hopefully. Excellent. All right, awesome. guys,
1: we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. I got some final words. Oh, good. <laughs> some kings have crowns, but only one has a cowboy hat. Long live King George. For the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris.
0: This is Anthony.
3: And this is it. Nickels and dimes, memories and wine. She's on his mind once again. The same old stew, the same old played by the rules but didn't we